Welcome to the Faith and Culture Now podcast. I'm Scott Schiffer, and today I'm joined with by uh, Stephen Stanley. So, Steve, good to have you here. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be a fun day, I think. Um, we uh, are going to begin our discussion today uh, by just sort of talking briefly about a lot of things that have happened in the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, there was the um, the collapse of a, of a, a complex in Florida which I think if I, you know, as of this morning, I think the death toll is up to 27 or 28. And as they've continued to uncover more rubble and, and move things out of the way with the demolition of the rest of the building, uh, they found uh, that they're finding more. And so mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that'll be the final number or not, but you know, that's a big, it's a big deal. And it, it really makes you think about just the uncertainty of life and um, the lack of promise for another day. Um, you know, it reminds me of the book of James, where uh, James writes to his readers that you shouldn't just say, this is what we're going to do. You say, you know, if, if God wills it, this is what our plan is. You know, and as humans, we make plans for life, but um, things don't always work out the way that we want them to. And because we live in a fallen world, bad things happen. And this, this is an example of that. Uh, but in addition to this this tragedy that's occurred uh we also find that uh, the death of john mcafee over the last couple of weeks and um, mcafee was famous for the uh, mcafee antivirus software uh, but then also famous for more of his extremist ideas and fleeing the country and uh more or less trying to live under the radar for the last uh you know decade or so a little over a decade at this point now and um then the other big thing I think that's happened in the news deals with the conservatorship of Britney Spears. And um, Britney um, gave, I think, a very good testimony. Uh, I think her sister has been very supportive of her. And for whatever reason, the judge again decided that her father needs to be in charge of everything. And, and from, from what the public hears, now obviously I know the public doesn't hear everything, but from what the public hears, it seems like it's a, it's a bit of an abusive situation at this point. And uh, it's just really unfortunate, you know, for her. And again, you have the issue of, you know, we make plans and we, we want things to happen in life and things don't always happen the way that we want them to. So Scott, or Steve, sorry, uh, Scott Higginbotham was also going to join us today. Mm. He's not on yet. Um, uh, Steve, what are some of your... Um, what are some of your thoughts on just these situations and what's been happening in the media recently uh, surrounding just uncertainty in our life and in our world? Yeah, well, you know, the, the I, mean, I think you hit on a lot of things. Life is obviously uncertain. These moments really cause us to sit back and think philosophically, theologically, kind of question our beliefs. What do we, you know, what do we hold to be true? Um and I think that it's important to take pause to reassess and reevaluate our lives based upon these, um, you know, theological and philosophical presumptions. I think the thing that really just kind of sticks out to me in, in all three of these scenarios is just the complicated nature of life. You know, I, I think it's very easy for us to not think about... Uh, you know, or, or just take for granted, like, like, let's say, for instance, this uh, structure that fell in Florida, you know, it, it's easy for us not to take into consideration 
that, you know, maybe not every building is safe, right? And when you look into what was happening in the building, obviously they were doing a bit of construction, I think, on the roof. The The pool deck was a big factor. Um, I believe they had gone through and done some inspections the, the days prior. Um, and it just kind of makes you uh, realize that j- little tiny things um, – uh, you know, play a big factor in our day-to-day life. Now, if you're living in that building, you know, you're kind of coming and going every day. You may not be thinking about the, you know, the rebar and the concrete that was exposed to water over what, 20 years and the, the rust. I mean, all, all of those are different factors that play into why the building collapsed. Um, and, you know, it's not even your job to, right? You're paying, um, your mortgage or, or whatever. Uh, and so you're expecting that these things are, are probably um, built well and constructed well. Uh, and then when those things fail, uh, you know, it, it can take you by surprise. And I think the same, you know, could be uh, w- with like, you know, John McAfee. One thing that I understand about him is he took everything to be a conspiracy. Um, and oftentimes, and I think, Scott, we've talked about this on the podcast, right? Oftentimes we can take complicated scenarios and look for easy solutions, which leads to conspiratorial beliefs. And I think, you know, as I was looking through McAfee's story, it seems like that's kind of where he fell. He he created a very complicated um, political scenario for him, legal scenario. And uh, instead of owning up to all the different things he had done, um, tax evasion and a bunch of other things, you know, he just decided, uh, you know, no, it's a conspiracy against me. And who knows, you know, it might wash out that, that there was some of that. Um, but it, it, it does seem like people are not taking into consideration, you know, maybe all the different technicalities and nuances of the scenario. And really same with Britney Spears. It's a troubling scenario to look at. Um, and, and obviously I think whatever happens, she, you know, she's a troubled individual. She's had a long history of just difficult history. Some she may have brought on herself, some maybe not, but the, the, judge who granted you know continued conservatorship to her father is taking into consideration you would hope anyways information that's not privy to us and so even though it looks troubling to us um just the general public who doesn't have information that the the judge does i think you know there's probably factors at play that we're unaware of and, and that that we need to understand are probably uh, causing the judge to make those decisions. So I think as I, all three of these scenarios, whenever I'm looking at it, it just reminds me our life is very complicated and, and we probably need to be careful jumping to conclusions, right? Just just the easiest, what uh, most common denominator answer may, may not actually be the case. We probably need to take pause, think through things before we just jump to conclusions, yeah, and uh, you know that actually uh, I think leads into there was one other article I had shared with mm-hmm. you before this podcast, and it deals with the extinction of the dinosaurs, and a conclusion that people have drawn for many years is that there was an asteroid that landed. Well, it depends on which scientist you're looking at. <laughs> there were asteroids all over the world, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, primarily there's this large asteroid that landed somewhere down, uh, you know, around lower parts of Mexico. 
And uh, they say this was the big asteroid that just took out the dinosaurs. And now there is scientific evidence to suggest that the dinosaurs were in decline long before any asteroids hit. And um, it looks like one of the biggest problems was lack of food. Mm-hmm. And so apparently, you know, meat-eating dinosaurs ate the plant-eating dinosaurs more quickly than they were reproducing. And as a result, there weren't as many of them. And of course, when meat supplies dwindle, and so does mm-hmm. the rest of the population. And so uh, this sort of reminded me of, uh, you know, also sort of a conspiracy theory uh, deals with the Loch Ness Monster. And um, when people have gone in and searched throughout the lock, what they find is that very few things live in it. Mm-hmm. and uh, including just regular normal fish. And because of that, there isn't a food supply there to sustain anything large for a large amount of time because it's just not going to be able to survive. Right. And, uh, you know, in the same way, uh, you know, people sort of jump to conclusions and go, oh, it's the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. And now we're going, well, wait a minute. There may be more to it than that. You know, uh, dinosaurs died out for it looks like a good number of reasons. And to have a complete picture, you have to have a more thorough understanding of the whole situation. And I think that's exactly what's happening with with what's going on in Florida. It's what's happening with the Mm -hmm. Britney Spears stuff. It's what's happening with um, John McAfee. And uh, you're absolutely right. You know, he, he was always thinking people were out to get him and there was all these conspiracies about him. And one of the reasons why he was in hiding was because of all this paranoia. Now, maybe some of the paranoia was due to tax evasion and other things, uh, but maybe some of it had to do with with other parts of his just personality. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we think about our world, you know, in reality, life is very messy. And we oftentimes think we have people figured out or situations mm-hmm. figured out and we have them figured out based on the information that we have, but we find that very rarely do we have all the information. And I think you see that in the news as well. Uh, you know, people want to be the first one to break a story. And so uh, you get this, you know, narrative, and then the more information comes to light, the more you realize that narrative doesn't really tell us exactly why something happened. Um, so, you know, there's a shooting here. Okay, then news got that right. There was a shooting, but they jumped to conclusions that it looks like it's going to be because of this. And then it turns out later, no, it was actually completely unrelated to what the news said it was. But by the time that the facts come out, you have hundreds of thousands of people believing wrong information. And so it's it's sort of a, a good reminder that we really need to slow down before jumping to conclusions and go, all right, look, what what do we know? What can we trust? And what is just conjecture? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it actually reminds me of a, a personal story. A couple years ago in Dallas, the, the police were ambushed, remember? And uh, there was a man shooting, killing police officers. Um, I remember as it was happening, people started sharing a picture of, uh, of a certain gentleman mm-hmm. Um and saying that he was uh, uh, the person, potentially the person who, who's doing the shooting. And, you know, if anybody knows this person, uh, you know, turn him into the, the police. I remember 
clicking share just very fast because I was emotional. I was in, you know, in, in it, I was scared. I have, uh, you know, friends on the police force. Um, it, it felt very personal to me. I remember sharing. And then within, I don't know, 30 minutes or an hour, he came out that that picture was shared erroneously. It was not even close to being that man. Um, and my cousin reached out to me and was like, you know, you need to be careful sharing that kind of stuff because you're, you're creating a scenario where people who are heightened emotional situation, people could uh, potentially attack this, this person feeling like they're doing the right thing. Um, kind of like, didn't, didn't something similar happen to the, the pizza gate scenario, right? Wasn't there a guy who went to a pizza parlor with guns, trying to kill people, believing that there were children in, in a, a yeah. There was like a whole prison for, for traffic kids inside. The right. Place and it wasn't. And there was nothing there. Yeah. And so I think, you know, the, the very first thing that I'm thinking in this scenario is like, we just, we, we need to be careful, cautious, ensure that we have all the information, take your due diligence. Years ago, somebody told me, especially in regards to the news, uh, if you're reading a story or, or watching a news article, uh, a, a news uh, show, if you're hearing something that makes you emotional, uh, be cautious because you know, that's one of the ways that news tries to, to hook you is to try to find a spin to get you emotional. But it's rare that cold, hard facts can get you emotional, right? Uh, so it's not just that you want to get information from a wide variety of sources in, in order to be careful about bias, but you also don't want to be manipulated, especially nowadays in in the news situation you know or on on facebook or twitter you know people are trying to hook you that way so you kind of have to be cautious yourself against where you're getting that information so if something is it feels urgent or something feels scary or, or whatever or uh, upsets you you need to be cautious that doesn't mean you just completely reject it but you just need to take precaution um and maybe go look for more information on that subject before it, you jump to conclusions, because some people can take drastic actions or some people can completely change their lifestyle uh, based on erroneous information. Mm -hmm. It's true. Uh, you know, in fact, um, I was um, on a walk with my family last night. We went for a walk around the neighborhood and uh, one of my daughters was like, hey, dad, why do people send, you know, some people send their kids to private schools? <laughs> Uh, I said, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why people may send their kids to private schools. But one of the things that I've heard a lot is that they don't like what's being taught in the public school. And uh, they feel like they would get a better education at a private school. And um, when I say a better education, what I mean is they feel like the people there will teach them what they want their kids to know. <laughs> right, right. Not what uh, they may be getting, you know, in the public school. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's not that I'm, I'm not trying to knock private schools. I think there's certainly a place for them and a need for them. Uh, but, you know, sometimes people jump to conclusions about what their kids are learning in public school, pull them out of it, stick them in the private school and find out they're learning most the same exact things. Right. Know? Um, so um, we, but, but that's a big life change. You know, if, if mm -hmm. you're going to, you know, you have to start paying for school at that point and <laughs> not, not college, but grade school. And uh, that sort of affects, I think just, you know, how you, how you spend your money and then what you can do for, uh, you know, other curricular activities for your kids and things of that mm -hmm. nature. 
So there's, there's a lot to be said for how information, especially when it plays on our emotions, can make us change all kinds of things about what we do. Um, an article came out a few weeks ago about the fecal content in the, the Gulf of Mexico and was saying, you know, essentially, you know, you shouldn't go to this beach. Well, my wife was looking at some other stuff and found the exact same article with a different beach listed throughout the article uh, on mm -hmm. another website. Um, and it's like, oh, this thing is just making the rounds. It's just trying right. to get people not to go on their summer vacations, you know? And, um, you know, there was no real, real way to prove what the story was telling uh, about, you know, even, you know, how they were determining that, hey, these beaches are just not safe for humans. Right, right. So, it, uh, it, it's really important, I think, for us to, to try to get a big picture. And it's important for us to, as we get the big picture, to then go, all right, now, from what I've learned here, how should I respond? And, you know, just like jumping the gun on uh, the social media stuff, you know, sharing mm -hmm. things too quickly. I see that all the time. Yep. And sometimes it's, it's harmless, you know. Sometimes somebody will share, you know, a, a meme and uh, or a little quick, you know, thing they see on social media, and it doesn't really have any long-term or you know dangerous effects. But there are things we can share that could potentially endanger someone or cause people to make rash decisions that are really, you know, bad for them, you know, physically or emotionally. And uh, I, I remember, you know, not too long ago there was a thing going around on social media about uh, how you should stop using the NIV and the new American standard because <laughs> I know taking verses out of the Bible and uh, somebody I knew had shared it. And so I posted back on there, Hey, you know, look, the reason that these verses are not in the NIV or they're in it in a footnote instead of in the main text is because the oldest manuscripts we have of scripture don't include these. These are clearly phrases added in the 14 and 1500s AD right. that made it into the original King James because they didn't have access to earlier, better documents. And, um, you know, somebody popped on on one of the, the things that I had posted on there and said, you can't trust this guy. He doesn't know anything. And so uh, I said, well, actually, um, I know quite a bit about this. You know, right. like hermeneutics is kind of one of my main fields of study. That's how to understand and interpret scripture and, and look at what scripture is trying to say. And, uh, you know, I spend a lot of time looking at original text. And so, uh, but, but you have these kind of things. Then there was another article that came out, an article, I say, it's, it's, it was like a meme and it was pictures of these giant skeletons mm -hmm. and then people standing around them. And the article is saying proof of the Nephilim proof of the giants in the land of Cana. And, um, as it turns out, those pictures were all fabricated. They were made for a college Photoshop project uh, three or four years earlier than when the memes got popular. And um, I also saw a thing where an eagle, uh, at one point, this eagle comes, swoops down and takes this children, you know, child out of like a stroller and flies off with the kid, right? And uh, so I remember seeing that thing going around on Facebook and people going, oh my goodness, I didn't know these birds attack people like this. Well, they don't, they don't. And that, that bird was getting a fish or something. And then someone used editing software to make it look like mm -hmm. it was, you know, stealing a child. And so we do have to be really careful about how much stuff out there 
is not real and how much right. stuff out there uh, is really, you know, trying to, you know, prove a point that uh, it just ends up showing our gullibility. Right. I would say, you know, you kind of pointed about a couple minutes ago about how um, sometimes uh, false information uh, may not be uh, caused like an immediate threat, um, but that it, it can potentially cause harm down the line. Um, and, you know, not to get too philosophical, but Immanuel Kant had that concept as well about how essentially every single bad thing that happens, even if it's just a tiny little, uh, uh, you know, sin or whatever, uh, is going to have ripple effects uh, throughout the globe, uh, much like uh, what you would consider like uh, something similar to like the butterfly effect, where one little thing could have dramatic uh, uh, repercussions later. But it, it, you were talking about the the giants with the Nephilim. And, uh, you know, I, I, I was talking to somebody, I don't know, a couple months ago, and, you know, they were seeing pictures, those kind of pictures, right? And they and, and it caused them to go down this rabbit hole of of believing that first off believing those pictures were true um doing uh extra biblical what they would call what they call research um not academic research just looking at blogs and and that kind of thing to where eventually the the rabbit hole led them to believing that uh that the jews are an alien race uh, and that they are evil um and I mean, number one, that's just completely anti-Semitic. Number two, it's completely uh, uh, anti-biblical. Uh, there's no historical or biblical support that would that would suggest any of that. Um, but the practical side of that is they have um, completely changed their whole belief system. You know, somebody who once would have been you know, what we would consider mainline Christian is now, you know, so far from what we believe to be true, uh, both biblically and, um, you know, just kind of uh, historically, archaeologically, you know, there's just no basis for this belief system. And it's it's completely changed who and, and what they are, like that they, they don't talk to their family anymore, because, you know, they don't, believe the same thing it's just, it's just such a, a ripple effect and an issue so just because you you see one meme uh that that is doesn't lead you to go kill somebody that doesn't mean that it's it's not a problem because there's a potential that it could continue to mislead you along with all the other misinformation that's out there um, and i think that that's part of the the concern that i have is is um y you might not be turned into an evil monster if you see one bad meme um but believing that meme uh, uh consciously or, or unconscious you know unconsciously could potentially cause you to completely change your life and that's such a, a concern for me that i'm seeing so many of my friends and family uh, uh not not that drastic but going down that rabbit hole we just have to be very cautious about that yeah i think that's a it's a good word and uh you know, we really, we really should try to help people as much as we can in ministry see the truth. Um, and when things become popular in social media, uh, when they are wrong, uh, you know, helping people recognize, hey, you know, this is making this claim. 
but yeah. it's not accurate. And there's no reason to believe it or jump down that rabbit hole with it. Uh, but, you know, I think when we see people tracing down these rabbit holes, uh, you're absolutely right. What happens is something that seems pretty innocent at first ends up becoming overwhelming in the end and causing people to embrace extreme mm-hmm. beliefs that, uh, quite frankly, have no basis in reality. Right. You know, another thing you were talking about the NIV meme, uh, and and I had a couple family members come to me asking me uh, about uh, essentially the same thing. Is this true? Is it not? Um, and whenever I tried explaining it to them, I, I noticed you know, that, that, that some people were confused. Some people just kind of shut down um, because it was just so above what they had ever studied, what they understood to be true. I think many, uh, many people just think the Bible's the Bible, right? So this hard copy that I have, the, you know, the good old King James version is the version that Jesus read, you know, um, without a real understanding of how we have the text that we have today. Um and, and as I tried explaining the, you know, the, the, the translations throughout the years, how, you know, how we can, uh, you know, compare the different versions throughout the years and, and how we get the, the best text that we have today, I, I, I kind of saw people kind of shutting down. And it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier is that life tends to be more kind of complicated and, and there, there's more details and nuance than we're aware of. Um, and we, we it, I think it's really number one, important that we, as much as we can, we can't be, you know, uh, experts on everything, but that we take that information into account uh, when we're making, you know, kind of creating our worldview. But the other thing is that, you know, sometimes we just kind of shut down, you know, somebody was trying to explain, you know, neurological issues to me, I'm sure I would shut down as well. I just, I can't understand. I can't comprehend synapses and, you know, all that kind of uh, detail that, that I've never studied before. Um, and so we need to rely upon the experts in our life. We need to trust them, uh, know who we can trust uh, and not just kind of have a skeptics worldview where we just, just because I don't understand it, it means that I need to reject it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's something that, that, you know, we just as a people need to, to deal with. And, and I'm sure part of, part of our distrust just comes from a complicated history of, of uh, you know, people in authority not being trustworthy, right? I mean, I, I've, I've heard a lot goes back to like the Vietnam War, you know, that kind of era where we start realizing, man, there's a lot of people in, in authority positions that we can't trust. But when we go down that rabbit hole, we get to where we can't trust anybody. Um, and so there has to be some sort of balance to where we are trusting experts, you know, to the, to the degree that we can. Yeah, I think there's an issue with trust. And then I think the other thing is people wanting to be told, just tell me what to believe mm-hmm. and wanting sort of a dumbed down, you know, here's the bare minimum of what you need to know mm. and um, not really analyzing things further. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of times people want to know, you know, here's, here's the, here's what you need to know and that's it. And when all you've been told throughout, you know, many years about Christianity, especially is, you know, what you need to know, uh, then you don't have much of an understanding of the complex nature of the faith. And then when something like this meme pops up, throws people off 
Yeah. And uh, then you try to explain to them, well, here's what's happening. Well, it blows their mind that there's so much more depth than what they've been taught because all they've gotten was this surface level information right. that's been consistent for many years uh, without really having to go, you know, deeper into it all. And, uh, you know, in reality, you know, the Christian faith is very complex. Um, and I would argue that every faith is very complex, yep. you know. Um, there are, you know, many people who practice Hinduism that have a very cursory surface level understanding of Hinduism. There are many people that practice Islam that have a very cursory understanding of Islam. There are many people that practice Judaism who have a very cursory understanding of Judaism. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with Christianity. And, um, you know, all, you know, all religious leaders, I think, need to be more about the business of really educating yeah. the people that are their practitioners that they have access to. And there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, look, you know, over the course of 800 years, we got this many manuscripts, you know, and this is how manuscripts were written. This is how they were put together. Mm -hmm. Primarily, uh, you would have one person at the front of a room reading the script, and then you'd have 20 people in the room making copies of what they heard read. So they're not even looking a lot of times at another manuscript. They're hearing it and writing it down. Uh, somebody the other day said to me, hey, I heard, I heard that the earliest versions of scripture have no grammar in them that it's just like, you know, long sentences, that there's no punctuation, there's no capital and lowercase letters, no commas. Is that true? And I said, yeah, in ancient in the right. ancient world, you essentially, you didn't have erasers and you had limited supply of resources. So you didn't put spaces between words. You didn't put right. periods at the end of sentences and everything was written in capital letters. Mm -hmm. How they did it. So, um, so that's what you have in the earliest Greek manuscripts. And uh, I, I think this person was just like, well, how do we know we put all the grammar in the right places? <laughs> well, you know, as you get to learn a language, you can, right. you can kind of tell where sentences go mm -hmm. and where paragraphs begin and end. And, um, you know, I said, look, in English, if I was to take a book, just, you know, you know Harry Potter or something, right? Mm -hmm. Take two paragraphs out of Harry Potter put everything in capital letters, take out the periods, take out the commas, you could still read it and get a pretty good idea of what it says because you know the language. But right. if you don't know Greek and you look at, look at it, you, you know, you, it already looks like a mess to you because you don't know the language. <laughs> you take out the grammar, it looks like even more of a mess, but you let people right. who know the language deal with it. And all of a sudden it doesn't become that scary. And in, in the way that we teach about the Christian faith, in the way that we teach people to deal with um, claims to truth that you see in the news and in social media, you know, you just become familiar with the language. You become familiar with what you're looking at, and you begin to be able to more readily and more easily decipher what's good and what's not so good. Uh, unfortunately, um, I think some, some of that also comes through training. And if you don't get good training, it's easy to jump down that rabbit hole and start grabbing onto things that are not true as if they are true because they seem to make sense. Right. But even though they make sense, they don't have a lot of weight. They don't have a lot of value because they don't have a lot of evidence. And, you know, as, as Christians, you know, when we look at scripture, we have a tremendous amount of evidence for the things we believe in scripture. Do we believe that the Nephilim were, um, an interesting group of people that may or may not have been large. Yeah. 
we also don't know a whole lot about them. Uh, from as far as I can tell, the Nephilim were great warriors. Mm-hmm. And that's really about as much detail as you get from scripture on them. And, um, you know, when it comes to uh, other, you know, things in the scripture, you know, where did this guy come from? Where did this play take place? You know, where was this city located? We know a lot of those things now through archaeology. There's a lot of things we don't know. Right. Um, you know, I, I remember that one of the first times I was teaching on uh, at, a, at a church teaching on Melchizedek, and I had made the comment, he lived in Jerusalem. He lived in the city of Salem before they added the rest of the word to Jerusalem. So Jerusalem, right? And so it was called Salem and eventually became known as Jerusalem. And uh, I think I saw several people's eyes just kind of glaze over, like, what is this? This person's telling me (laughs) about this. And uh, uh, my wife tells me, you know, hey, sometimes when you when you say things, you know, as a Bible scholar, you have to remember that not everyone knows as much as you do. And you've got to slow down and take people along with you and not just uh, assume that everybody knows everything you're saying. <laughs> I'm like, right. Oh, that's good. That's good to think about. But, um, you know, there, there's a tremendous amount of evidence and in news stories, the longer you sit on it before jumping to conclusions, the more evidence becomes available from which to sort of draw mm-hmm. conclusions. And unfortunately, when it comes to legal stuff like Britney Spears, the public never gets all the evidence. Right. And so, right. uh, you know, uh, there's a number of times where you'll see, you know, a, a police officer who's not convicted of a charge. And then people think, well, the news media said this. Why weren't they mm-hmm. convicted? Well, the news media didn't have all the information that was given to the jury in the courtroom. And in on the flip side, uh, you know, sometimes we'll see something and think, oh, you know, there's no way that person, you know, did that. And then they get convicted of it. Right. Well, again... We don't see all the evidence. And I think that part of the reason why we have to trust in our legal system is that we we're putting people in position to make decisions based on a lot more evidence than what we typically get to see as the public. Right. Right. And I would also say that you and I would probably hope that were we ever in a similar scenario that, you know, maybe all of our business didn't get shared with the world. You know, um, I mean, I, I, I hope I'm never in a scenario where I'm in court or, or whatever, but, you know, there's a reason why a lot of information is not shared, right? Um, uh, you know, and so I, I would hope that my my personal life and, and stuff doesn't get shared with the world, especially if you're like a Britney Spears where your whole life has been put on display uh, literally since you were what a, a preteen or teenager and she's been overly sexualized and um, overly uh, analyzed you know it, it, it's her life has been very difficult um, oh, yeah. and so she deserves privacy even if even if she's not even if she doesn't ask for that privacy she still deserves it right um, and plus from a le- legal perspective perspective uh, you know you also don't want to share a lot of information because it could taint the uh, or bias the 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 potential decisions that come down uh, in that case um so yeah i don't know what, what are your thoughts on let's say uh, for instance britney spears right now uh 
after this discussion that we've had, what do you think? What, what would like, let's say uh, you just saw this news story come on the TV. How would you suggest you respond? Do you get online and do a hashtag free Britney start, you know, uh, getting upset about the, the judge, make a call to the local, you know, a political leader and say, get that judge out of here? Or, you know, what would the kind of uh, response be that you would suggest? You know, I think uh, I've seen enough documentaries to know that sometimes judges just have it in for somebody. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I've also seen enough documentaries to know that sometimes judges are just trying to do the right thing and letting the process work. Sure. Um, I watched a documentary on a guy a while back who was convicted of murder and then released from prison maybe 10 years later the conviction was overturned and it was because they they learned that the da had fabricated evidence against this person and uh you know so it would have been easy to say you know this judge just had it in for this guy i don't think he did i think i think he really felt like hey this evidence is pretty convincing uh but it was the same judge who the guy had to go back to for a retrial. And at that point in time, the judge is like, you know, it looks like this guy, you know, may have been wrongly convicted. And, and he, he was very open about it. And, you know, depending on how the documentary is spinning the case at the time on, you know, on the video, sometimes you think, you know, this judge, he's just got it in for this guy and I can't trust him. And other times you see the judge and you go, you know, I think, I think he may actually be in the right on this. Mm-hmm. And in the case with Britney Spears, I think you have to trust the legal system. You know, if the judge made a decision, you've got to say he's got to have good reason for, for making, I mean, obviously that, you know, the jury is, you know, actually in Britney's case, I don't think there was a jury. It wasn't right. Thing. Right. Uh, but, but the judge is receiving evidence and weighing out things, listening to different people's testimonies. And you know, I'm sure the judge feels very badly for Brittany. Sure. Uh, but I also feel like the judge probably wants to keep her safe and protected. And so he likely ruled the way he did because he felt like that's what was best for her in her current situation. Um, that being said, I would love to see, you know, Brittany freed. I would love to see Brittany treated with the, the kind of respect she deserves as a person, which I still don't think you see a lot of in and um, just the media in general, the paparazzi right. and everything else, um, you know, she's, she's constantly, to this day, constantly objectified. And she's treated as a symbol more than a human being. And um, it, it's really unfortunate that that's how, that's how things have played out for her. I think you find constantly that kind of stuff with with especially young people who get famous and if you look at the young people who have gone off the rails you know and um, gotten into drugs and other things to sort of self-medicate for all their problems because of all the immense pressure they're under as child stars um, her story is honestly not that unique unfortunately you're right and and, uh, more than anything it makes me wonder how much should we really be putting kids in the spotlight and right. how much, and I mean, you hear about kids who try to leave the spotlight, then they get bullied at school because of the fame they had just for a few minutes, you know? Right. Um, so 
it's it's a really difficult situation to sort of speak into. But I think that uh, what I would tell people is, look, a judge made a decision. Maybe she has some more growing she needs to do as a person before um, she can be released. I want her to be released from her conservatorship, but I want her to be released to be healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if she gets released and then all of a sudden makes a bunch of really poor decisions or, uh, you know, does more things to harm herself, then it, it would have been a bad decision to release her. And so we have to trust that the decisions were made for her benefit, for her protection. Right. And, um, you know, do judges get it wrong? Sometimes they do, but you know, they're, they're human and we just have to trust that they're doing the best that they can with the information they've been given. Right. And we do the best we can with the information we're given um, when we have to judge decisions as well. I mean, as a parent, I frequently have kids come to me, my kids come to me and say, my sister did this. And the other sister says, well, she did this. <laughs> and then I have to judge the situation. And sometimes I, I may find favor towards one kid who really may not have been uh, been that deserving of getting the mm-hmm. good decision in that situation. But given the evidence I had, it seemed like the right thing to say at the time. And so, you know, when it comes to all these stories, you know, things happening in Florida, Britney Spears, um, John McAfee, dinosaurs dying because of overeating and running out of food. Um, it all comes back once again, the idea that we're not promised tomorrow and that in life, you know, things are not as clear cut and as easy as we want them to be. And we have to, as we look at the world around us, make decisions based on the information we have. And when we make wrong decisions based on the information we have, we don't beat ourselves up over it because we were hopefully doing the best we could with what we had. And when we make plans, we make plans based on given the information I have, this is what we're going to do, knowing yep. that life doesn't always work out the way we want it to. You know, Scott Higginbotham was supposed to be on the show with us this morning. <laughs> He's not here because of uh, essentially a, a small flood <laughs> in his town Aye. that's kept him from getting to where he needs to, to record with us. And, um, you know, things just don't always happen the way we intend for them to happen but we have to make the best decisions we can with the information we are given. And when people who are not us make decisions that we think we wouldn't have made, we have to trust that they were doing the best they could with the decisions they were being, uh, you know, right. they were in charge of. And um, I think what, what I would say is maybe a final word on this is grace. You know, yeah. when people make decisions, we have to give them grace uh, and not immediately attack them for not doing what we would have done yeah. uh, because we hope that what they're doing is what's best uh, in the situation. But even if we don't agree with it, we need to give them grace to uh, try to understand things from their perspective and say, you know, maybe they knew something I didn't know and yeah. that influenced what they said in a way that it might've even changed my mind had I had that information. Yeah. I, I mean, that's a great point. Grace is, you know, I think we can never have enough of it. Um, I would also suggest, um, you know, the the book Ecclesiastes talks about in the Hebrew, it talks about hevel, right? Life is hevel. Now, we, we uh, 
uh, translate that to be a vapor or smoke or, you know, I, I think each translation is a little different. So, so life is fleeting. Um, yeah. but there's a, a Hebrew concept in there that that there's a beauty hevel kind of carries like a beauty to it though but it's also mysterious and uh kind of like what we were talking to today you know it's complicated and there's things that we can't quite grasp you know which is kind of that concept of hevel uh, the vapor right you can't really grasp it and so I think sometimes when we're, we're thinking about life, we need to, especially when these complicated things are happening, buildings are falling and, and you know, that kind of thing. I think in a lot of ways, uh, we just need to recognize that life is complicated. Uh, we, we may not have all the answers, um, but there is one in control, right? God is in control that he knows what's happening, even if I don't today, uh, you know, the rain falls on the righteous and the wicked, wicked, right? Um, and that that's just kind of life. You know, we, we just kind of have to be prepared for that. Let our worldview recognize that. Um, and I, I think as we uh, adjust our worldview to more of a biblical worldview, I think as these events occur, it, you know, not saying that they won't be troubling because obviously that they are troubling, but we'll at least recognize it a little easier than when we kind of view like the health, wealth, prosperity gospel of whenever I do good things, only good things happen to me. Right. And, you know, that that's just not how life works. Um, and so I, I, anytime these kind of troubling things occur, I kind of go back to a, a, that Ecclesiastes concept of Hevel, right? Life is mysterious and fleeting and it's a vapor, but it's also beautiful. It's a, it, you know, it's an expression of, of, of our God and his creation. And so we need to sit back and enjoy it, but also recognize that these bad things are, you know, they happen because of sin and, and God's in control, even if we don't understand it, you know, kind of a lot of these um concepts you hear from from the pulpit right they really are true right so that's very accurate in fact uh, it reminds me of a song from rich mullins i think we'll end on this this is a this is some lyrics from a song that he wrote uh it's called um uh, bound to, bound to come some trouble right there's bound to come some trouble to your life but that ain't nothing to be afraid of there's bound to come some trouble to your life but that ain't no reason to fear I know there's bound to come some trouble to your life, but reach out to Jesus, hold on tight. He's been there before, and he knows what it's like. You'll find he's there. Uh, there's bound to come some tears up in your eyes. That ain't nothing to be ashamed of. That I know there's bound to come some tears up in your eyes. That ain't no reason to fear. I know there's bound to come some tears up in your eyes. Reach out to Jesus, hold on tight. He's been there before, and he knows what it's like. You'll find he's there. Now, people say maybe things will get better. People say maybe it won't be long. And people say maybe you'll wake up tomorrow and it'll all be gone. Well, I only know that maybe just ain't enough. When you need something to hold on to, there's only one thing that's clear. There's bound to come some trouble in your life. But reach out to Jesus, hold on tight. He's been there before and he knows what it's like. You'll find he's there. You know, in our life, it's not all fun games, and things mm -hmm. don't always go the way we plan them to go. Uh, but God is with us in the midst of our despair, in the midst of our trouble, not always to make it better, 
but to walk with us through the things that the trials and the troubles that we have in life. Yeah. All right. That's well, good. for those of you guys listening today, thanks for joining us on the Faith and Culture Now podcast. And uh, we'll hope to see you again next time.